Welcome to another edition of Musicians Reveal. I'm Joe Kelly, and tonight I'm really excited because my friend of nearly, I think, 36 years we've been friends. He'll let me know the exact number of years. He is a famous music historian, especially the Minneapolis music scene and Prince, and also co-host, co-star of Sunday Morning Co Coffee, Sunday Morning with the Queen, right? I got the title wrong, but That's right. Coffee you know, with the Queen. Yeah, his beautiful wife, Robin, the queen, and, uh, you know, really great positive stuff. So we welcome the electric man, J. David Sylvan. What's up, brother? Yeah, Joe, how are you doing, man? It's good to see you. I'm, do I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, the, the painting or, or drawing behind you, of course, we know is Prince. Uh, who did that for you or where did you get it? Yeah, it was actually a gift from a former co-worker of mine. Uh, a friend of hers apparently was set, was moving and, and just getting rid of a bunch of uh music memorabilia and things that she didn't tell me what it was she said i'm going to send it to you she lives in new jersey she's okay. actually sent it down with a friend of ours and uh i opened up the package and it was a beautiful painting of prince i was grateful to have it and i was just very thankful that she thought of me so and you've got quite the collection of prince memorabilia right well i do try you know it's been yeah, yeah. Going, on, going on 40 years of collecting so yeah <laughs> well what what's your most prized possession you know for prince probably a physical possession you know different from all the memories that we have and a bunch of them that you and i have had together is probably the autograph that i got when you and i met right. Prince or the artist formerly known as prince back in july 1994. Right. Um, you know I, I i've been offered money for it i've been offered you know to trade memorabilia for it I, I i just won't part with it because it's something that we got you know when we met him for the first time and uh that's probably my most prized physical possession and he rarely did these events. I mean, it's 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 something that we were able to experience. And what what was the the moment you had with Prince meeting him? And what did you say? Do you remember what did he say back? Or yeah, the, the first time was was when you and I were together. We went to Tower Records back when they used to have record stores in New York City. Right. Uh, July twelfth, nineteen ninety four. Yeah. And, um, and I remember you and I waiting out in that heat. Right. Oh, yeah. To, to get inside. We waited almost six hours outside Tower Records. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I was always I always wanted to meet him, um, you know, if nothing, then just to be respectful and you know, kind of thank him for the music. And that's exactly what I told him when we walked up to the table. I simply said, you know, thank you for all the music and memories. And he looked at me and he goes, my pleasure. Right, signed right. by Vibe magazine, very nice, very quiet, very understated. And then we, you know, obviously, you remember we didn't have a lot of time because we got to you know, get autographs from the whole band and Maite and Nona as well. But right. it, even, in, even in that brief moment, you know, it was, um, I don't want to say it was surreal because I don't want to, you know, overstate it, but it was mm -hmm. just cool. You know, it was cool to meet somebody who musically has been very influential in our lives, right? But yeah. also just to meet him and, and just to give thanks and respect was, was uh, just a, a great experience that was the first time that he and i got to speak the other times were very brief uh at oh, okay. in 2002 on the one night alone tour at um, lincoln center uh, we, oh, okay. we had it very briefly after the sound check right before prince was going to go and get changed he actually said after the sound check and the sound check was a concert in itself almost right right, right. Um, yeah and he had said uh, you know i gotta go back and get changed before they let all the squares come in oh. but he didn't leave he sat on the edge of the stage Okay. And so people just walked up to him and I, I heard them, they were talking about religion or something. And then I just said, you know, it's nice to see you. Thank you very much for this, you know, great time. And he said, you know, said a few pleasantries and um, that was it. But again, still a very cool moment in a very relaxed and casual setting. 
Um, and then the third time was when we were at Webster Hall for the Art of Musicology taping back oh, that's in right. yeah. April 20th of 1994. And because they asked me to get on stage, I was standing right next to John Blackwell during right. the performance. Um, we saw Prince kind of backstage before he came out and did musicology. But when he ended up coming out to kick the band off to do Life of the Party, which MTV didn't air, right, right. he came out to the drum kit and he was counting the band off. So we said hello to him when he walked back and he said hi and he waved to us, you know, very funny, and then started the song. So right, right. The, the interactions and the encounters may have been brief, but they were all special. Yeah. Have you have you seen those songs that we we were there but have never aired? Have you ever seen any of those? The video? I, I, I haven't seen it. I've only seen the, the the official recording that was on MTV. So that right. was musicology. I, I think um, I can never take the place of your man. Proud Mary. I'm, I'm sorry. A sweet thing. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes it snows in April, which was obviously just magical. Uh, but right. the, un, the unaired stuff I've never seen. Yeah. I mean, that it's got to be somewhere. But yeah, one day we're, we're all hoping for that. So right. uh, my great friend, the electric man, J. David Silva is with us. He is a music historian and also, uh, you know, him and his wife put together coffee with the queen on Sundays. You can check it out on Facebook and we'll, we'll give you a link for that. In case you want to the vibe with the electric man and Robin soul sister, number one. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, talking about the Minneapolis scene near and dear to our hearts, mm -hmm. maybe we should give the, the viewers a synopsis on how you and I met. Sure. First met, which I believe it was 88 or 89, right? Well, actually it was 91. Oh, 91. Okay. It was 91. And it was at uh, Cutler's, which was a fantastic record shop. Again, there we go dating ourselves with record shops, right? Right. right. Um, a fantastic record shop in New Haven, Connecticut. And um, I, I, I tell the story often, you know, because that's really how we met. And then we've been brothers ever since. But right. I remember I was at the, the, the bin flipping through the vinyl, okay, mm -hmm. looking at um, uh, Prince albums and stuff. And Robin my wife now was next to me. She and I had only been dating at the time about a year. And uh, I remember you walked up to me and you said, you must be Jay Silva. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because you had recognized my brother and we, we do look kind of alike, right? Right, and, right, right. And it was just a chance meeting. I had heard about you. You had heard about me through a mutual friend, right? And right. when you walked up to me, I remember thinking to myself, who is this dude? I don't know you. Yeah. But then when you introduced yourself, I said, oh, Joe. We right. I remember we shook hands, we exchanged phone numbers and things, and we've been off to the races ever since. Right, right. Yeah, great, great times. And we both saw you. Well, you saw the Love Sexy Tour in Hartford, right? Right. Yeah, I saw Purple Rain in Hartford in 85. Okay. Uh, and I know you saw a 1999 tour, which I could only dream about. Um, yeah, at Hartford, yeah. Yep, yep. I, I saw Purple, place, Rain, yeah. Purple Rain in Hartford, and then I saw the Love Sexy Tour in September of 88. Uh, mm -hmm. And we never knew this till years later that we were both in the house at Madison Square Garden, the parade tour. Exactly. Right, right. Uh, we, we didn't realize yeah. that we were there. So it's like a kindred spirits, right? Right, right. Which night did you go? The, the first night or second night? I went, I went the Sunday night show. So I guess that was the second night. Okay. I, I went the both nights. The first night was my birthday. So that, that was cool. Nice. Yeah. And I've actually heard the, uh, the bootleg recording on YouTube. You have entire show. Yeah. Okay. That, that's great. Yeah. And it sounds really good. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that show, because I remember that um, obviously both shows sold out. And I remember I, I went with my brothers and uh, actually two things. When we were walking into the venue, there were literally uh, probably about 50 mounted 
New York City policemen, mounted horses, okay? And I remember just seeing that that show of security. Obviously, it was Prince, so I figured that's a big deal, right? Right. And then we went into the show, and our seats were actually back where the front of house was, where the soundboard was. And Sheila E. was standing right there in the soundboard. We couldn't talk to her or whatever, but she she was close enough for us to see right there. It was like, holy cow. And the show, of course, was was just amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. It it was, you know, it wasn't an extended tour, you know, Right. Very few shows here in the U.S. and you know, hit and run, right? <laughs> yeah, it was the hit and run. Yeah, <laughs> and, yep. and I did hear something that maybe it was um, Roy Bennett was talking about the lighting on that tour. Mm-hmm. That it was, you know, was one of the the least you know, expansive or extensive lights. I, I guess he wasn't so happy with it. Right. That sometimes you go and look at the stage and everything was covered dark and you right. couldn't see anything. Right. It, it seems very sparse. It seems very spare. And I, I remember right. hearing the same thing. And, and of course, you know, based on, uh, you know, the, the extravagancies of, you know, the 1999 tour, which he did a great job with the Venetian blinds and obviously the, 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 the pole and, you know, the heart that lit up. But then you went to the Purple Rain tour, which was just for that time over the top, you know, the, the bathtub oh, yeah. and you know, yeah. the bed again, which I know he used in, in 1999. And then yeah. it was very, very stripped down for the parade tour, the hit and run tour. So, um, you know, I, again, I can certainly see what Roy was thinking and saying. Yeah. Right. So let's get into, um, your childhood getting into, uh, music sure. as far as, uh, you, do you remember, I mean, we're around this, you're younger than me, but roughly the, the same era growing up, listening to music. Did you listen on AM radio at all? I did. So, you, uh-huh. you know, I, I grew up in, in, in a neighborhood that, you know, had a mix of all races and all genres. So, you know, we were, you know, it didn't matter what color you were, you know, we all mm-hmm. just were there. Right. right. Um, and we grew up, you know, I grew up listening to AM radio. I grew and then, you know, I graduated to FM radio. But during that time, it was always, you know, there, there was never such thing in, in my household as just black music or just white music. It was right. just music. So mm-hmm. my father was into, you know, the big band and the standards and the jazz, the Tony Bennett's, Frank Sinatra's. My mother was into Neil Diamond, you know, and a lot of some of the, the older groups, you know, uh, Looking Glass and some of those, you know, 70s groups, Car Wash and things like right. that. And then uh, so so we really had exposure to all kinds of music. And that's really the way I grew up. Um, so, you know, I've been, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan of music first and foremost. I, I And I think that's why I graduated to Prince and the Minneapolis Sound, because Prince refused to be pigeonholed. He wasn't going to be a black artist. He wasn't going to be a white artist or a funk artist or a rock artist. He did them all. And so for me, it it was like almost like a natural fit because I grew up listening to heavy metal and funk and rap and rock, you know, and pop. So, you know, he, Prince played all those types of music. A lot of his groups played all those types of music. So that's really what drew me to him when I saw him because he wasn't just one thing. So it was almost like a fit into how I grew up. And how about your brothers as far as their music growing up? Same thing. You know, um, my my oldest brother, John, it was a big, big Beatles fan. Um, you know, but we listened to, you know, the Beatles, Barry Manilow, Boz Skaggs, the Bee Gees. Right. Uh, you know, I, I gravitated more towards rap and funk than my brothers did. Uh, they were huge. They are huge Rush fans. So, you know, they're on, on, on the rock side and some of that you know, kind of experimental stuff. But then classic rock, we were all into Led Zeppelin and Skinner and, you know, Aerosmith and those guys. So we, we literally listened to it all. And then I graduated to the hair bands, uh, right. you know, <laughs> the, the, the poisons and the warrant and white lion and things like that. But we always had respect 
for musicians like Van Halen, you know, Eddie Van Halen, Eric Clapton, you know. So whereas I like the flash and dash at the very core of things, it's about the musicianship. And that's what I'm right. doing. What was your first concert? My first concert was the Go-Go's in 1982 oh. at the New uh -huh. Haven Coliseum with Flock of Seagulls opening up. <laughs> oh, wow. Still, still probably a cool show, right? It was, you know, obviously yeah. for the time, you know, it, it was that kind of new wave uh, pop music, you know, that everybody was into. And, you know, at the time it was, you know, Men at Work, uh, the Go-Go's, uh, you know, the Haircut 100, you know, those, those types, oh, yeah. Duran Duran, you know, those types of groups. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I really, really got hardcore into uh, Wham and George Michael and David Bowie, just because, right. especially with Bowie, you know, he was always a chameleon. You know, he was never one thing. The characters that he created, whether it was Ziggy Stardust, the Thin White Duke, the Gene Genie, you know, I always uh, admired him because he also refused to be pigeonholed into one thing. So uh, really, really got into Bowie uh, hardcore. You know, thinking back, you mentioned the names George Michael, Bowie, Prince, all these artists, I mean, taken away from from all of us at a young age and, and right. tragically and, you know, in everybody's the way things happen. But right. do you, looking at the music business and all, you know, I grew up, my, my favorites were Prince, Michael Jackson and Rick James, all, mm -hmm. yep. you know, Thanks. tragically in their 50s, yep. I, I think. Yeah. So. um do you think anything contributes to that, that where it's just a part of life? You know, I, I, I think it's a part of life. Um, you know, Rick James, I, you know, he, yeah. we know he loved to party, you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's been well documented. And, you know, it was also the heyday of the eighties. I'm not making an excuse for it, but that was part of the culture at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. um, for, for Michael and Prince, I find those to be more tragic, you know, particularly with, with Michael. Because, you know, looking at his life, and, and I'm not going to get into the debate about, you know, so the legal troubles that he had and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm really focusing on the lifestyle that he led, you know, from being a young child and not really having a childhood. His father was very strict. He went into the music business and, and really missed out on a lot of those formative years and growing up. And I can't imagine what the pressure was like. You know, because he became the biggest pop star in the world, the biggest figure in the world at one point, you know, albeit next to, say, Elvis Presley. Right. And I was also mm -hmm. am still a huge Elvis Presley fan, too. But I think the pressure with Michael and hearing some of the stories that happened and hearing apparently how, how afraid he was and nervous he was and scared he was when he was doing the This Is It tour and the preparation and everything and then not being able to sleep. And he did make some, you know, bad choices in terms of taking care of his health or not taking care of his health. But the pain that he was going through, I think, contributed greatly to both his and Prince's passing uh, for right. the various, you know, medical ailments that, that they were going through. And, and I'll be honest, I thought Prince was going to live forever. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I never thought what happened to him would happen. And as the stories come out, and I'm not, in a, you know, in, an insider by any stretch of the imagination, but the things that I've heard, you know, the way that he pushed himself, and, and, and we saw it, right? We saw a bunch of that, oh, you know, yeah. doing performances and the time that he worked, the amount of time that he worked and how hard that he worked. I really think that contributed to the dependencies that ultimately were their demise. Yeah. And and a lot of people around Prince couldn't see this coming either. The ones that were right. in, in right. his right. inner right. circle. But uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about the time we met him in New York at the, the record signing. He did the Today Show, I think, earlier that morning. Right. Yep. And, you know, then he did a show and probably an after show that day. You know? Right, right. I think it was at the limelight or the palladium. Yeah, 
That's right, right? Which we that's should. how he rolled. Yeah, <laughs> I know we didn't go. We we didn't go right, but but right. but that's but it was also that type of work ethic. And when I read the great Dwayne Tudal's books, which oh, are yeah, yeah. expansive and exhaustive and fascinating, the level of detail is incredible. I, I right. encourage anyone who hasn't read his volumes to do so. Um, hearing and reading about the amount, you know, I mean, to do a concert or you're on tour, you do a concert, and right after the concert. You go to the studio and you're recording four or five different projects at the same time. You know, you got Sheila E and you've got the family and you've got, you know, for part of that, the time and you work with Sheena Easton and everyone else. And to, to work that incredibly hard. Right. And to yeah. push yourself and to push the people around you, you know, and, and Prince did that for 40 years. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I can imagine the toll that it took. But what I have respect for is the dedication, the dedication to the craft, the dedication to the music. And, and he's once said something that I, I really took to heart. He said, I never talked down to my audience. And, and I believe that the, the amount of work that he did and as hard as he worked, he was putting out music for people and he wanted the music to speak for itself. But as hard as he worked to give us and allow us to share in the gifts that he had is, is nothing short of admirable. Yeah. I mean, not, not too many people will have conversations, tell people what they witnessed. I mean, we were there. Right. You know, from the beginning, all through his career, met him and, you know, and met a lot of people he worked with through, through the Absolutely. years. Yeah. And, yeah. And he as well. You know. Right. And speaking, speaking of some of the, the musicians who were influential with Prince growing up and, and uh, you know, they worked together on various projects, the time more stay in the time they've been great friend of ours for a long time. So they're yep. still going strong and, yep. you know, you're all, you're always dapped like uh, the time coming out with, the suits and everything. So influence of Morris Day in the time and that band on mm -hmm. yourself. And what, what, what do you love about the band? I, you know, I think first and foremost, what, what, what really drew me to them again was the music. And I understand that, that Prince crafted a lot of those songs, but these guys, these cats were, are musicians in their own right. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they, they influenced me and, and affected me because of their, um, their chops, right. Right. Their, dedication to the craft and how serious they are about the music, not taking themselves too seriously, but being serious about the music. You know, the times that we've met, you know, Jellybean and Monty, Jesse, you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, they were always about their business. You know, yes, there, there's that aspect of showmanship and that aspect of being cool, so to speak. Um, but there's also that, that dedication to the craft, how hard they work and how much they appreciate the fans who appreciate their gifts. Same thing with St. Paul Peterson, you know, um, yeah. the times I've interacted with St. Paul, he's been nothing but wonderful to me, always responds, uh, has put out some great, great work. Um, and I see him doing a variety of different styles of music, being serious about his craft. And, and that's really, you know, I, I, I admire that. That's what I gravitate towards. One, one of the last times that, uh, St. Paul hung out with, with Prince, I guess they went to see a show at, uh, at a club in, in Minneapolis. And he said, Prince said, can I tell you something? He said, uh, I think you should play keyboards yep. when you're doing your show. And, you know, it was funny. I, I'm paraphrasing it, but he says, okay, coach, you know, right. you know, right. And then he asked, do you have a mentor? And, you know, Larry yep. Graham was his mentor. So that, that was cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, yeah. you know, I like the fact that uh, you know, despite whatever happened, and look, let's face it, in families and brotherhoods and sisterhoods and things like that, look, things happen, right? right? Everybody doesn't always get along. But when I hear 
those people, the associated artists, talk about Prince and talk about how he worked and what he did for them, okay? I'm not talking about what he did for them monetarily or anything, but how he showed them. You know, there, there's that very famous story when, you know, the, the time was rehearsing and Prince came in and said, no, no, you you, you got to be stepping, Jimmy Jam. you got to be playing with one hand, stepping with the other hand, entertaining, dancing, whatever. And and they said they would, they would practice, ten, rehearse 10 hours a day. You know, and to this day, I still hear the artists talk about the level of dedication and what he taught them about being serious musicians. Right, right. And when he walked in his in the room, they all, you know, mind their P's and Q's right, right there. Right. It was about your business, up. right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Better come so, to right. <laughs> right, right. Hey, about uh, other artists. You know, mm -hmm. George Michael. Um, yep. you, I, you know, you've seen him a number of times, right? I have. So I, I think I saw George four four times uh, okay. with, with Robin, you know, since the, the early 90s. I think the first, oh, this is 88. I saw him on the Faith Tour. And look, you know, let's face it. I was uh, uh, drawn to, to that type of music. I like the pop music. I, yeah. I But I like the fact that he was as young as he was and he was, he was crafting impeccable pop songs. I, I read an interview where he said, you know, he realized that he could write effective pop songs, pop music. And when they said he wrote the keyboard, excuse me, the saxophone bridge to Careless Whisper on a bus when he was like 17 <laughs> years old, which has become, let's face it, in pop music, it is one of the most iconic kind of sax solos or, or, or interludes, bridges, whatever, um, in, in pop music. Um, that, that really impressed me. And I think that he had the most pure voice in all of pop music. Yeah, no doubt. And, yeah. and yes, he was flash and dash, but he could sing, you know, and and that that you know no one can ever take away from. It. Yeah, he uh, Dion Estes, the bass player, yeah, you know, a long time with him as well. Yep. Let me ask you also about David Bowie. Did you get a chance to see him? I did. I I, okay. I I was I wanted to see Bowie on the Serious Moonlight tour in 1983. I didn't have the opportunity. I couldn't get tickets, okay. so I finally saw him. Took actually took my mother with me to go see him. My mother was a Bowie fan also on the Sound and Vision tour in Hartford, Connecticut, July of 1990. Wow. And it, it was a more stripped down show except for the scrim that he showed images on. Um, but, you know, it was him and uh, Adrian Blue and uh, I think Ertel Kizilke was with him. And uh, the, the, the band was stripped down and he was magnificent. I mean, I really, I can't overstate it. The The arrangements were more spare. You know, I, I had seen on video the the hyperbole and monstrosity of uh, an excess of the Glass Spider tour, which was cool. I mean, I, I don't mean to denigrate it. I loved all that. But seeing him in a more intimate setting, still yet playing arenas, right? But in an intimate setting where the stage was stripped down, it was all about the music. And if I can take one thing away from that, that concert was when he came out and did Space Oddity. And he walked out strumming an acoustic guitar by himself. And he started the whole song by himself. And it, it seemed like we were in a club. Right. Wow. And it was just a few hundred people. And it was sold out. So I'm sure it was you know, 18,000 people, whatever the, the uh, Civic Center held at the time. But it was just that level of musicianship, which was impressive. And another artist you, you've uh, followed through the years and met and, uh, you know, been featured on the Howard Stern show, Bon Jovi. <laughs> right. Tell, <laughs> hey, while, while you start the story, I'm going to plug in the uh, power strip here so we don't lose sure. uh, on the camera. But yeah, no you go ahead. Yeah, I've been a, uh, a Bon Jovi fan since 86 with Slippery One Wet. A good friend of mine had gotten me into Bon Jovi. And so I uh, 
I, you know, took to the music. It was 80s pop. It was hair band. But again, they were serious music. They are serious musicians. And um, so I'd followed them through the year. I think I've seen them almost 30 times in concert and, you know, like a lot of the associated bands and things like that. And I happened to hear that they were going to be on the Howard Stern show uh, to promote the release of their Bounce album, which was back in October of 2002. So okay. I just sent an email to the show and said, I'd like to come on the show and meet Bon Jovi. Right. I was I was at work and I was leaving work. It was I would, literally was walking out the door. And my phone rang and I was wasn't going to answer. I was going to let it go to voicemail, but I picked it up and I said hello. And he said, "The gentleman said hi. This is uh, Casey Armstrong from the Howard Stern show." And I was a big Stern fan, so I knew, "Yes, right. Casey, I know who you are." And he's like, "Can you be here tomorrow morning to be on the show to meet Bon Jovi?" I was like, "Casey, I can be there tonight." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll never forget. Robin and I caught a five oh nine in the morning train. Went down to the K-Rock Studios, which is where uh, Howard was broadcasting from at the time. And uh, we got up there, went in the green room, uh, got to hang out. And then they brought me into the studio. I got to meet John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora. And we had a bunch of laughs with Howard and Artie Lang and Robin Quivers. Um, and it was just a, a, a great, great time. Good memories. Yeah. And you still, uh, what was it, last year? You were uh, you were at an event, charity event for barbecue with Bon Jovi, right? Yeah, Jersey? We, we were at the uh, the John Bon Jovi Soul Kitchen in oh, okay. uh, Toms River, New Jersey. And, and he has a wonderful initiative and a wonderful purpose uh, that no one's going to go hungry and no one, at the, everyone is welcome at their table. He's got a few of those restaurants, community restaurants. Um, and if you don't have money and you can't afford a meal, you can come in and eat. And they just ask that you pay it back by either serving or helping out in the kitchen or volunteering, sweeping up. It's, it's a, a great, great charitable cause, noble cause, very philanthropic. Um, and John doesn't do it for the, the glory or the fame, but he comes out and they have an annual chili cook-off every year where they raise money. Um, and he's there. He signs autographs for all the fans, takes pictures. We were literally standing right next to him while he was signing autographs and taking pictures with the fans. It was just a, an incredible experience. I, I know family's key in your life and, and uh, you've got a beautiful family and I know Robin's into Prince, which is yep. cool. Soul mm -hmm. sister number one, always, you know, it, it helps to have, you know, a spouse or partner, or whatever, who, who's <laughs> yeah, into the same stuff you're into and you could crank it up in the house. Right, right. How, how about your kids? You know, my, my kids, it, it's funny because, you know, my kids range in ages from, you know, almost 30 to 17. And so, you know, back in the day, you know, Prince wasn't cool and Hall and Oates wasn't cool and George Michael wasn't cool. But what I notice now is they're becoming for what's for them, I guess maybe for us too, retro, right? right so right. They, they enjoy the songs. They you know my two of my, my older daughters have old school retro purple rain t-shirts that they oh, wear really? with pride, you know. Okay. So they've actually uh, come into their own. A, a quick story. My daughter Maggie had gone to see uh, Maroon 5. Okay, mm -hmm. and they do a fantastic cover of Prince's uh, "I Want to Be Your Lover." And when she was at the show, when she was a teenager, you know, maybe 16, 17 years old, they did the song, and she's like, "I know that song. That's okay. Dad listens to that all the time. That's a, a Prince cover." So you know, right. it, it it kind of is cool how it's come full circle now. Yeah, and uh, but they're not listening to AM radio with you, and they're they're not. No, neither <laughs> are you. So. Unless it's sports, right? Exactly. Sports talk. And they can't stand sports talk radio. So, oh, okay. You know, speaking of sports, Super Bowl's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And um, our, our beloved Giants, who you, you saw how many games this year? You you went to a few, right? We went to two. Yeah. Yeah. We, okay. we're, we have a thing now where my son and I try to go to 
two games every year and, and the family joins us too because it's just a great experience whether right. look win or lose it's a great experience yeah yeah so uh, how i've never been in the stadium there what i've heard you know criticism about the place what, what's your take on the stadium is it nice MetLife Stadium, I, the first time I was there, I think was in, I think I was there the year that they opened. Uh, and, and I remember thinking at the time, um, okay, it's kind of basic, you know, the seats are, uh, are uh, you know, a standard gray, you know, but the stadium is nice. It's not, look, they don't have a pirate ship and they don't shoot off a cannon, okay? Right. But, but it, it's a nice stadium. It's clean. Uh, it's got, you know, four great, huge jumbotrons. So you can, you know, the view is great no matter where you are. Um, you know, the, the staff is, is wonderful. I, I really have no complaints. Now, if you're looking for flash and dash and you want, you know, uh, somebody to go jumping into the Salvation Army, you know, called like, you know, the Cowboys do, well, you know, you, you're not going to get that at MetLife Stadium. It, it, it's a nice right. stadium. So, so uh, I'm adjusting things yeah. here. So uh, anyways, I, I, I've got a sidelight story about the Giants. We went to see the Giants at the Yale Bowl in the 70s which were they were hard the year they had were fixing yankee stadium i think yeah yeah so we went to see them play the eagles and they it was just a monsoon it was raining pouring rain drunken fans all over the place giant giants were terrible back then so we left at halftime my dad had four of us me and my three of my other brothers about last year i just typed in that that game to see if there were any pictures from the game I came across a photo in the stands, black and white photo, me and my brothers and my father sitting there with ponchos and just like, Oh, that is something. Yeah. That, that, I mean, it's not like crystal clear, but you could see like the size of us and my dad and, you know, so it, that was it, cool. It's still the memories, right? You know, and, and if, yeah, you can, yeah. if you can capture a bit of that in the experiences that you have, that's magical. And, and look, I, I know you read my posts every week. Uh, right. You know, when I'm on Facebook with Coffee with the Queen, and that's really what I talk about, right? I talk about creating those memories. I talk right. about, you know, capturing those moments in time and embracing them, right? There's enough that's going on and wrong with the world, right? There's enough, right. Trauma, oh, yeah. whether it's politics, religion, whatever the case may be. So, you know, at some point, why don't we just focus on what's good, right? Why don't, yeah. we, focus yeah. on the why don't we focus on the good times, you know? And, and that's really, really... Uh, you know, j- just to bring it back to Prince, that's really what I also focus on. You know, I focus on the the, the number of times I laugh at the you know some of the, the experiences that you and I have had at concerts. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. We were going right. to see the Act One tour at you know two nights in a row at you know Radio City Music Hall back in 1993. Yeah, you that know? that popped as soon as you said that. I was thinking of that time. You know, going to the New Power Soul Festival September of '98. You know, at Madison Square Garden. Right. You know, yeah. You, Robin and my my oldest brother John. You know, it, it it's those memories. That I hold on to, or or do you remember we went to go see the Jam of the Year tour at Jones Beach in New York in nineteen ninety? Exactly, and we met Spike Lee, right? We met Spike Lee that night, right? So you know, the, those are just the, the the cool memories that that I choose to focus on, right? And it seems like a lot of those New York concerts, Chris Rock was there, right? Right. I remember yeah. Chris Rock sitting off to our left. Well, yeah, we yeah. Madison Square Garden. We were on the floor. Yeah. Yep. We were on the floor. Yep. You know, a great show. Shaka Khan and. Larry Graham there, great, great time. And then we, uh, Roseland, when we were outside in the Rose, dead of winter. <laughs> January, yeah, January of 97. You remember? So we went from one extreme to the other. In 94, we stood out in the blazing heat for almost six hours before we got into Tower Records. And then right. we stood in 20 degree weather outside Roseland, <laughs> waiting to get in for the the, uh, the Love for One Another show. Yeah, yeah. I, we did a lot just to be get tickets and, and a lot of sacrifices, right? 
We sure did. And then yeah. if you think about it, we also went to the Oakdale show on the Jam of the Year That's tour right. in, in September of 97. So it, it that was just crazy. It was like four or five times in a year. I, I think that Oakdale show is the only place I've been to a Prince show where I think he three songs into the well he did purple rain but fans were like sitting down like for a good portion of the show which you never saw at other venues i mean you never saw in other venues and i remember uh you know he, he making prince making a well, the artist making a concerted effort at the time you know he wasn't going to save purple rain to the end like he had been doing right he was doing purple rain like four song four or five songs in you know usually right. you have to get your groove on or whatever um and it, it was different you know it, it, it was I, I know it was different for a lot of people and there were a lot of people that didn't like it and didn't like what he was doing and didn't like, you know, the way he changed up the set. But, you know, again, that's something else that I always appreciated. You know, you never knew what you were going to get. You know? Yeah. And uh, I've seen on YouTube some poor quality. I don't know if you've seen it from that show. I have. Clip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the girl dancing. I forgot yeah. there was a dancer with him. That right. Right. Yeah. And, and if you remember on, on the Jones Beach show. Right. He came in on the boat. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely memorable. And then jumped on, on stage. So like I said, it was always something different. Right. And the last time I think that we saw Prince, both of us saw him just different nights was at uh, Mohegan Sun, right? Was at Mohegan Sun, right? And yeah. It was uh, in December of 2013. I right. was actually going to go to all three nights. Okay. You know, and uh, my wife kind of dissuaded me. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, hey. went the I went the first night with, with my brother, Eric. Uh, and uh, we, we got the tickets comped through a, a friend of his. So we ended okay. up on the floor. Um, okay. and, and the, the show was amazing, you know, with the horns, with the NPG horns and everything. It was great. And had I known that it was going to be the last time that I would see him live, I would have gone to all three nights. Right. But I, I, I still hold those memories. I can, I can literally remember the show like it was yesterday. Yeah, I went the third night, and it, it was the night he did uh, something in the water that they have, the official thing, a little yes. clip of that. That was it. But, you know, the guy in front of me, it was a Monday night, I think it was, or Sunday night football. He was watching the Cowboys and Eagles on his phone during the, the concert. And I was thinking, he must put some money on the game. Exactly. But you know what? I'd rather pay attention to the show. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Can I share a story uh, with you about the, uh, the 2004 ever musicology tour? Uh, oh, you, yeah. remember you and I had gone the, uh, the, the first night, uh, right. Continental Airlines Arena, July 16th of 2004 and when the musicology tour came and you know the, the arena dates were selling out like crazy and i remember my, my wife was pregnant with our son at the time oh wow and, and okay. i saw i, I was going to get the three nights at madison square garden and i didn't end up doing it so i said i'm going to take a chance i'm going to get the two nights uh the saturday the friday and the sunday show at continental airlines arena and then he added the hartford show yeah on right. in the meet, which which came later so I ended up buying all those tickets, praying that, you know, I would be able to go to the show and God bless my wife. She had my son on July 6th, and 10 days later, she let me go to the concerts, you know, right. July 16th and July 17th and 18th. So that shows true dedication and true love because she's been putting up with this Prince passion and obsession yeah. for two or three years. <laughs> yeah. So bravo to Robin for that. Cause yeah, Absolutely. that's, Absolutely. I mean, we love her <laughs> that that that's selfless right there and so you go you know right i'll right. handle things back at home here right right yeah hey i i brushed over the football thing how about mm -hmm. for the super bowl uh where do you plan to watch it and, and what, what's your take who's who you're pulling for and who do you think yeah. is going to win I, i'll watch it from home um oh, okay. and i'm thinking that um 
I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to be the Chiefs, although I'm rooting for the Niners. I, I love Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, you know, he's the son of Ed McCaffrey, easy Ed McCaffrey, former New York Giant. That's um, right, yeah. So, uh, so, you know, and look, so some people are saying, why would we want to see the Niners get a sixth ring or whatever? I just, I, I like them. You know, I like Ayuk. I like Purdy. I like Debo, you know, uh, and, and I think that it, it, it would be a nice story. But having said that, Mahomes has that magic. You know, Kelsey has that magic. They, they didn't look unstoppable this year. They didn't look unbeatable this year, but they made it to the show, right, you know, right. and, and, and they're going to be hard to beat. Who, who's favored? Uh, I, I forgot the line. I've, I I haven't even looked at the line. I, yeah. I, I really haven't. So I brushed you know, by. I, I think someone was up by two, but that had it been a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Sure. Yeah. You know, it, it's changing, just like you know they're changing about is Taylor Swift going to make it to the event, you know, on time or whatever. And and let me just speak to that just for a minute. You know, <laughs> I mean, and anybody who's hating on that, find something else to do. Okay. Right. right. I mean, look, if, if Travis and and, and Taylor are together, and I know you know pure, pure football fans are saying you know you shouldn't be showing her so much. It's not that big of a deal, <laughs> you know. It, it, it just it, let's just enjoy the sport, okay? Yeah, I think she's going to be there. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> she's got to roll with that. Got to roll with it, right? Yeah. Hey, about um, you know, Prince releases, you know, since he's passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, what have you really enjoyed so far, and what do you want to see in the future? specifically that the estate releases one day sure you know and i don't want to be a front runner and i don't want to be patronizing but i've, I've been pleased with all of the releases from the, the estate i mean the the sign of the times release is phenomenal okay i mean and and i'm really really impressed with the diamonds and pearls super deluxe edition yeah but i love that concert at glam the, slam yeah the concert at glam slam is fantastic the amount of material on the sign of the time the um, uh, diamonds and pearls super deluxe edition Okay, is staggering. Okay, we probably shouldn't be surprised because it was Prince, but listening to the songs that that either were for other artists or could have been hits for him in his own right, you know, it's it, it's it's astounding to think that he could come up with songs like that, right? The intricate right. melodies and and they weren't throwaways, right? I mean, you know, right. some people say he was chasing New Jack Swing, and and maybe you know he was influenced by New Jack Swing at the time because it was the '90s, but he put his own stamp on it. And the number of songs, you know, you know, when I listen to like even Get Blue, which he had given to Louie Louie, you know, that could have been a hit for Prince himself. You yeah, know? that's one of my favorites on there. Yeah. So when, when I lit or you know, standing at the altar, you know, which I believe he gave to Margie Cox, when, when, when I listen to these things, I'm like, I just can't believe the amount of great material that came out that he didn't even release himself. But it's been like that on all the collections. It was like that on the 1999 collection. Um, the sign of the, the sign of the times collection, this now super deluxe edition. And I was really, really impressed with the welcome to America album. I mean, a full album that he recorded. Okay. Of finished masters that right. was not released. And then when it did get released, it was kind of very timely with what was going on in society. So that's kind of an anomaly right there. Right. right? But just the, the sheer breadth of, you know, that music and then the, the concert that came from the forum after that and the packaging and the, the pictures and the books that you get with it. I mean, I'm very, very impressed with what the estate has done. Any um, particular concert that you'd, you'd want to see released? I so uh, what I would really love to see is a uh, is a super deluxe edition of the parade era. Okay, uh, which I know some people have said, and I know there's talk this is the 40th anniversary of Purple Rain, so we may get something different there. But if if there was a um, uh, a professionally filmed and distributed concert from 
the hit and run tour, uh, right. which you know I've seen the one from you know Cobo Arena, you know back in Detroit. Uh, but but if there was a different one, I, I would love that. Yeah, uh, I was thinking back to the 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 Act One tour at Radio City. Mm -hmm. We were there two nights. But yep. I I didn't realize. Maybe you can verify for me. There were there were uh, three nights there. Yeah, it was March twenty third. I'm sorry, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth. We didn't go to that Friday night show. We went Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. And then there was a great after show. I think at Club USA. I think that was the Friday night show that people are still talking about. You know, right. thirty one years later. Yeah, that we weren't in attendance, right? Right, right. Yeah. All right. We're going to do something uh, before we, we wrap up about five records, albums that played a part in your musical upbringing. If you could, you know, free sure. form it. Absolutely. Let, let's hear what you got. Okay. Number one is Sign of the Times. It's probably the right. most influential album that I've heard just for the sheer breadth and scope of the different styles that Prince put together. And for the most part, playing almost everything himself. Um, mm -hmm. But from rock, rock, pop, funk, um, it was just, just amazing. Um, number two, I'm going to go with um, Purple Rain. And okay. again, not to be a front runner, but if you listen to Purple Rain, you can listen to Purple Rain all the way through and not come across a bad track, right? I mean, every yeah. song on there is just great. Uh, number three is going to be, for me, Faith by George Michael, simply because... Um, the voice is so pure, you know, the pop, the, the pop songs, the ballads, the, the funk uh, of, say, a, a track like Monkey, and then, you know, almost like a, a, a standard, uh, you know, cover, not, not a cover, but a standard uh, in Kissing a Fool, you know, it's a, it's a mastery of different genres of music. Right. Uh, number four is Let's Dance by David Bowie. Um, you know, they, they, everybody says that that was Bowie's, you know, most commercial pop album. But if you listen to it, if you really, really listen to it, you can see him doing a bunch of different things produced by Nile Rodgers. Um, so there's again, there's some funk in there. There's some rock. There's some things that you wouldn't have, have expected from David Bowie, um, you know, uh, to the degree that he did them. And number five is uh, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and that is just, it, it, it's a masterpiece. Again, almost every song on that album is, is great. And it just really, really cemented his legacy in American pop music. So yeah, I, I told the audience, I, I was truthful. This guy knows his history like this. He's still sharp as ever. Um, I'm, I'm, You're the I'm, sharpest I'm, person I'm, I know. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So so coffee tomorrow, what, what's... uh. What's planned for that? Coffee with the Queen tomorrow. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't plan those out. You know, okay. those are very, you know, when I wake up in the morning, whatever's on my mind is what I put in. Just, but I always think that I, I want to help somebody. I want to make a difference in somebody's life. And if something that I post or some advice that we give, or if there's just something funny that we've done, if it's helped somebody in some way, then I'm okay. Yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah. Yes, so sir. on Facebook, J. David Silva, you see his name right there. Just type it in. You could see uh, Sunday coffee, morning coffee with the Queen and uh, the Electric Man. He's known as the Electric. We should let people know why you're the Electric Man, and I'm Joey Coco. <laughs> the the Electric Man came because I had seen uh, somebody Prince called himself Electric Man in a concert. You know, he said all, all the ladies, all the, the fellas call him Prince, but the ladies call him Electric Man because right. he shot some like no one can. Now, I only have one lady 
and I am her right. elected man. Um, <laughs> and, still and, charging like no one can. I, I still shock her like no one can, yeah. right? And then Joey Coco was a pseudonym of Prince. And I remember uh, calling you that one day. And right. literally around my house, when I refer to you, I re when, if I say Joey the C, or right, I say right. Joey Coco, my entire family knows who I'm talking about. Right, we've right. Been for 30 something years. And likewise here, you know, with, with G and, and my mom, the electric man, everybody knows yep, yep. who I'm referring to. So yeah, that's great. Hey man, great to catch up. We're like three hours away, but you know, we're we're brothers for life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, we uh, sure are. Always. And we got to thank Prince for that. Yes, yeah, yes, we do. Yes, we do. And and that's the other thing that the, the friendships, especially yours, uh, and obviously the lovely G Money, your wife. Um, the, the, the friendships and the associations that we've met through Prince and the associated artists mean mean the most to me, you know, and, and being able to support some of those artists in their independent endeavors. And that's, right. you know, Ricky Free Smith and Jellybean Johnson, St. Paul, Tori Ruffin, you know, obviously mm -hmm. Morris, you know, to be able to to have those friendships and to be able to interact with them and to be able to 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 support them in their endeavors has meant the world to me. Yeah. So, hey, thanks, brother. The electric man, J. David Silva. Hopefully, Thank you know, you, you come by very, very soon, I'm sure. We're never short of things to talk about. Absolutely. We're going to keep this going. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, brother. All right, Joe, you take care. And thank, thanks for joining us here on Musicians Reveal. We'll see you next week.